0: chase solutions this is from my couch to yours with dr samira where we will explore topics and subjects both big and small for living our best lives as our best selves and all unapologetically we hope you enjoy your journey with us as you laugh learn listen and grow but please remember this podcast is not intended as a substitute for mental health care with a licensed professional sit back relax and have a seat on our virtual couch For more information, visit us at www.chasesolutions.com. Hey, hey, everybody. This is Dr. Samir with another episode of From My Couch to Yours. Today, I want to talk with you guys about what I'm going to call my emergency breakup boot camp. A little tough love for folks out there. And we're going to say that these tools could be applicable not just for breaking up in relationships that were long term or um, you know, just in those particular situations. But this could be applied to breaking up from any or breaking away from any situation that has been an unproductive one for you. Because I think a lot of the patterns around why breaking up is so hard to do, as people say, is because of what's happening for you chemically, what's happening for you cognitively, and what's happening for you emotionally. So those are three different buckets where things are very much intertwined, which makes breaking up and separating from someone difficult to do at various stages. Whether you're in the introductory stages where you're just starting to date somebody and just kind of figuring each other out whether you've been dating for a bit, maybe some months, and you're still navigating, getting to know each other, but you know each other a bit more, or whether it's a long-term breakup, long-term relationship, or even divorce, right? Breaking up with someone and separating from them has a lot to do, and I should say, your ease with which you do this has a lot to do with those three buckets. So I'm gonna first start with what happens to you from a physiological perspective, right? When you find someone, you connect with someone that you like, there's a lot of awesome emotions and chemicals and chemical reactions that are going on in your body. There's a lot of endorphins, there's a lot of dopamine. It can feel like a situation that makes you feel good, makes you even feel high for some people. Um, and a lot of that beginning, uh, those beginning feelings are what sort of contribute to the eventual. A creation of attachment bonds as that relationship grows, right? Um, so those are very real feelings and very real chemical interactions that are happening in your body. So when you break up with someone, there's a very real, not always somatic, which means that you're just sort of feeling these things in your body, but you're not actually having the 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 feeling, or I should say, having the physiological reaction. Somatic and reality overlap when this happens. So there's a lot of like, Actual physical pain and discomfort that comes when you separate from someone, and you're not getting your daily dose of all of those positive endorphins and and hormones when you separate from them. So that's something to be aware of when you are entering into a space where you're separating from someone. Is to know that there are going to be legitimate things that just don't feel good. Your energy level may be low. Um, you may not feel as good. You might have stomach other ailments, all kinds of other things that might kind of go along with just feeling generally yucky about the breakup. That's typically very normal and a very, um, a very normal part of the process. Um, now, another thing to kind of shift your attention to is how people are feeling about it from a cognitive perspective. And this honestly takes up the biggest part of navigating and processing and managing a breakup. Something that... I've noticed in my work with people, couples, friends, et cetera, when you're navigating a breakup, and when I say breakup to reiterate, a breakup could be anything where you are needing to disconnect yourself emotionally from a situation that you were emotionally invested in. So that's what I'm gonna call a breakup. So that could be anything. It could be somebody you were interested in, but it turns out that they're not interested in you, and you have to sort of separate from that. So it doesn't have to be specifically a breakup, but these strategies can work in the same way when you need to emotionally disconnect yourself or untangle yourself from someone. So like I said, a lot of the cognitive components that make that very difficult for individuals to do has a lot to do with our projections of what we think the potential of that relationship could be or even the potential of that person. A lot of folks fall in love with potential. We all have done it at some point or another. You go like, this person could be great if only this, 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 and this. This person and me would work out if only this, 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 and this. That can be a really tricky place to stay and to go to because oftentimes you're basing your decisions about dating this person or continuing your emotional investment based on something that you don't actually have data for. Now, I use that word a lot when I talk with people about making discerning decisions about what's happening and in relation to their emotions. I want to encourage people to look for data. And when I say by data, I mean, what is actually happening? What's a person's actions? What are they doing? Not what, do, what, not what they say, not what you could interpret their actions to be, but what are they actually doing and how are they actually showing up for you or not showing up for you in your relationship with them? And when I was talking about the idea of cognitions and sort of like the the uh, the projection that we put on things that haven't quite happened yet, that narrative that people can, can create based on and around the potential that a person has, because um, like I said, it could be a really slippery slope because oftentimes that's not based in the data. Right, so let's give an example. Let's say someone's like, oh, I think this person would be a great potential partner. They, they have all the things, you know, we all have the check boxes that we want people to meet for ourselves. Um, but oftentimes people are busy looking at what they think a person might be able to do for them or be for them, and not actually looking at what they actually are. How are they actually showing up? So for example, I think this person would be a great partner. But then when you look at the actual, the data, A person doesn't call regularly, they flake on plans with you, they spend time with other people, their commitment is low, whatever it is, it could be various amounts of things, right? But if those data points in the here and now of what's actually happening with that person don't line up with the fantasy or the projected imagined version of what that person or what that relationship could be, There's a chasm between the two, which can be a really difficult place to be in. And what I see when I work with individuals is that they get stuck in that in-between. They keep trying to uh, justify why some of the things they're seeing in reality, so the action bucket, the, the data points bucket, doesn't match up with the fantasy bucket. And sometimes the reason that there isn't a connection there is because there isn't one. the the person that you envision that person to be is really not who they are. Um, And the, the potential that you might see there might not actually be there either. So a big part of managing the cognitions that come along with separating and breaking yourself away from an individual is being very present in the here and now and looking at the evidence that you have that either supports a continued emotional investment with that person, or it does not support that you should continuously invest in that person emotionally Um, and that can be a really hard thing to do especially when you've spent a lot of time building that or building and talking about the the potential that that person could have what you could have with them but that's not the best place to stay in from a perspective of healing yourself and also making sure you're prioritizing your own needs is basing those kinds of feelings and thoughts on something that's not realistic Another thing that also falls into the bucket of, I would say, cognition is the idea of looking for certain levels of satisfaction or looking for certain levels of completion in someone else. So there's an idea um, of sort of like building your home in someone else, right? If you build your home in someone else, um, you're, you're, you're hedging all your bets with that person. So if you do that, when that person decides to, let's say, they move their house, then where's your house? If you built your house in them, then when they decide to close up shop, they foreclose, their stuff doesn't work out, then where do you find yourself? So it's important not to set yourself up in other people in terms of having expectations that other people will be able to meet needs, fill, validation, Fill areas that you really should be filling for yourself by getting those from other people. Because what can happen in, that, in those kinds of situations is when you can't get those needs met in those individuals, oftentimes because the data has showed that they really probably aren't people that you should invest your time in in the first place. But on top of that, it's not a healthy idea for you to invest in that way in individuals in the first place. So when you're going through a breakup, you want to make sure that you haven't done some of that. So number one, you want to make sure that you haven't been creating a narrative that doesn't line up with the data of the actual facts of your relationship. And number two, you want to make sure that they, that you're not seeking to get some of your emotional needs, those sort of internal, inner child uh, feelings, whether they're feelings of safety, feelings of comfort, feelings of being validated, belonging, wanting, all of those things. There's a list and litany of those kinds of uh, internal, inner child wounds that a lot of folks are walking around out here with, and there's no there's nothing wrong with The fact that that exists, but you do want to be aware of what it is that you may have needs for and be very conscious of whether or not you're getting those needs met through other people or if you are working on ways to get those needs met. For yourself internally, for yourself by yourself, um, so that when you do find yourself in situations that are emotionally unhealthy for you, um, emotionally uh, unavailable, etc., that you're not continuing to seek those relationships out, and that you're not holding on to and having a more difficult time letting go or breaking up with some of those um, with some of those patterns because you are holding on to things that really are not going to be needs that are going to be met. Through that relationship. Um, another bucket that we talked about too is the uh, and this is still related as, as well to the to the to the cognitive part, but it kind of overflows into the cognitive emotions as well, the cognitive and the emotional partnership. A lot of times with breakups and breaking away from someone, so letting go of the narrative of who you thought they were, basing your decisions based on their actions and behaviors and not on what you hope they could do or what you wish they would be like, but based on what they actually are. The second part of that is the grieving part. That's another part of what makes breaking up so hard to do. A lot of times when we are breaking up with someone and we're in the place of, the emotions the part that really isn't fun the grieving a lot of that grief oftentimes is not just grieving the individual themselves but the grief a lot of the times has has more to do with grieving the loss of the fantasy and grieving the loss of potential I'm going to say that again Oftentimes when things go awry and a breakup has happened, there's probably been various reasons that led up to that breakup. But what makes it difficult for folks to move through is that they get stuck in the part of the phase where they are grieving the potential of what something was like and not the actuality of what it was like. So one of the things that I encourage my clients and friends to do when they find themselves in those spaces is to pause that cognition when you go, oh... I just, you know, I'm so sad that these things have been happening and that it didn't work out and da-da-da-da. A lot of times, humans, we have a tendency to see things through a rose-colored lens, right? When you are mourning the loss of grieving the loss of a relationship, a lot of times what you remember first are all the happy times. Oh, I loved how we used to do this and that and the third, right? It's easy to get caught up in that. But what you want to make sure that you're doing, and this is related to sort of the narrative that I talked about before, is you wanna make sure that the story you're playing back to yourself over and over again, because while you are grieving a relationship, best believe you will replay and replay and rehash all of the things that happened in the relationship. What they said, what you said, what happened here, what happened there. However, when you do those playbacks, I strongly encourage you to play the full tape back. Play the whole tape back, not just the parts that were the highlights, Right? You want to play back all of the actual data in the relationship. And oftentimes, when you can pause yourself in that thinking and you can stop and pause for a minute to actually review the tape in its actual details and fullness, what you will find is a lot of times there were things and needs that were not met in that exchange that led to the breakup in the first place and additionally can also be the same things that lead to and facilitate your healing because when you're not replaying a fantasy of what a potential for someone could have been but instead you are replaying the actual reality of what that person was like either in your relationship or what that person is like in reality in terms of whether they actually really were a decent partner for you in the first place did they have the consistency that you wanted were they honest did they have the 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 integrity whatever other you know core relationship values you feel like that person that you want to partner with should have, you wanna make sure that the person that you are grieving actually had those things. If they didn't have those things, what you are grieving is their potential. You are grieving what you thought could have been, which in reality never really existed in the first place. So I encourage anyone who is navigating the breakup space during the holiday season, as we go into the new year, to keep in mind that the most important part about healing and moving through anything that's challenging like this is to keep yourself grounded in the reality of your situation. When you let yourself get carried away with thoughts and conjectures of what things could have been, might have been, should have been, it takes you away from what actually was and can, can cloud your healing process. So part of that healing process is recognizing and acknowledging the roses and the thorns in a relationship and being able to understand and accept it all for what it was, but being sure that you don't find yourself stagnant in a place of recovery because you're holding on to things and ideals or even narratives about your situation that never existed in the first place. So I hope this was helpful. If it resonates, please like and share. And Happy New Year to everybody, and here's to new beginnings. Later.